Blog Talk Radio. Appreciate you being a part of the show. You're doing this live on Periscope with everybody, but before we jump in, just wanna just wanna extend a late happy holidays, everybody. Hope everybody had a great New Year. 
you know, we got we got some good things going on right now. 2016 is going to be a better year for everybody, including myself. So without further ado, we're going to jump into the daily devotionals and into the into our weekly devotion. And it comes from Deuteronomy 4, 9, and 10. Only give heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently so that you do not forget the things which your eyes have seen and they do not depart from from your heart all of the days of your life. But make them known to your sons and your grandsons. Remember the day that remember the day you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb, when the Lord said to me, "Assemble the people to me, that I may train them, may let them hear my words, so they may learn to fear me all the days they live on earth, and that they may teach their children." Our desire as Christian parents is to help our children mature into godly men and women. We want them to believe the Father has a plan for our lives and they're accountable to him. I remember teaching I remember seeing my nephews from a early from a young age, you know, I'm teaching these important truths. I wanted biblical principles to shape their thinking, their choices and their hearts. After explaining about God's will, I told them they were accountable to the Lord and their behavior, as well as to their mother and to their uncle, which is me. If kids believe they are accountable only to their parents, then when apart from mom and dad, they're likely to think they don't have to answer to anyone. Our children don't always agree with our decisions. So we all teach them to speak to the Heavenly Father about it. Over time, they developed the habit of talking to him. This training became very important in their teenage years. Instead of giving them a quick no about some of their requests, we said, find out what God wants you to do. Whatever you two agree agree on, I will accept. We all knew that this was risky, but we had to trust the Lord and give our children the opportunity to practice what I, what we've been teaching them throughout their lives and that they're accountable to the Father. Training in godliness begins before children establish a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We continue the process by demonstrating righteousness all through life. Children need to know about the Lord's plan for them and their accountability to them. When we model uprightness, our kids can grow up accountable to a loving father. Kind of hits home because my mom and dad, they brought me up in the church. I know some of you people were brought up in the church or brought up in some sort of faith that makes you question if you're doing the right things and putting yourself in that place of, how can I say it, putting you in that place of decision-making, being mature. Being an adult by not being an adult just yet. So, in other words, make sure that you think before you react. Even as adults, we all have that same kind of <laughs> we have that same kind of deal too. But that's the devotional for the week. We're gonna take a quick station break. We'll be right back. 
searching for this truth here. playing basketball again, even though I was a horrible basketball player when I played. 
you know, I was a great point guard. I mean, I had six turnovers a game, but, you know, when you think about it, you know, it's starting to get it's starting to get to that fun time of year. You know, conference basketball. And of course, my Dukies, I mean, they're two and one in the conference. But apart from that, it, it's that fun time of year where you see these rivalry games come about. You see people you see you see fans who aren't exactly football fans, but great basketball fans. So it's like this. This is that time of year where I get real excited because it's closer to spring football. But before we get to spring football, we got one little tidbit of information. We got one little tip, one little game left on Monday night. And I know these Alabama fans are talking about, oh, this is going to be number 16, this, that, the other. But in in layman's terms, let's put it this way. All Alabama, Clemson is going to be an epic clash of wheels. It's going to be that immovable force going against the irresistible object type of deal. Alabama hasn't seen the offense kind of like what, what Clemson does. Even though Ole Miss kind of runs that offense, they don't run it as fluid as as Clemson does. You're going to see a lot more zone reads in this game than, than you did against Ole Miss. You're going to see the turnover battle not be – you're not going to see Alabama turn the ball over five times like you did against Ole Miss. And you're definitely not going to start a quarterback after you've seen what Jacob Coker's done over the past six weeks, five, six weeks. So, that being said, there's some X factors in this game for both sides that need to be addressed. You know, for Clemson, it's all about that front seven defensively. They have a great, great, great secondary. Well, McEnroe, well, I'm sorry, Mackenzie Alexander, who's the best corner in the nation, would you put him against Calvin Ridley all night long, even though you have two other receivers and a tight end who are just as good, if not better if not better than Calvin Ridley. That's the matchup that you that's the matchup problem that you have. Can you get pressure? Can you get pressure on Jacob Coker? Can you stop Derek Henry? That's the those are the X factors. That's the X factor on the defensive side of the ball. I mean for Clemson. If they can stop the running game and we know that they can. I mean, they were in the top 20 in rushing yards per game defensively. The better question is, will they be able to score points? I think they can. The receiving core for Clemson is probably just as good, if not better, than than Alabama's. But Clemson's offensive line hasn't seen a front seven or seen the blitz packages that Kirby Smart and Nick Saban will will bring to the table. 
I think the closest thing that they saw to anything that that Alabama would do would be in that ACC championship game against North Carolina. That being said, what can Derrick Henry do against that front seven? What can Wayne Gallman do against the front seven for for Alabama? Wayne Gallman's a big X factor in this game for for Clemson because he's a thousand yard rusher. He's a downhill runner like Derrick Henry, even though he's a little bit smaller, he's slightly smaller than Derrick Henry. But you also <clears throat> excuse me, you also have the running of Deshaun Watson, who funny tidbit information. Deshaun Watson, same high school that former Alabama quarterback Blake Sims went to Gainesville High School. You know, so there's an Alabama there's an Alabama Clemson connection there. There's also an Alabama Clemson connection, you know, here in the Valley area, you know, with uh coach Lemansky Hall, you know, being the uh line, inside linebackers coach at uh, at Clemson. And then you have a Valley High School football player by the name Bo Grant, who I think is a long snapper, uh, and uh, an outside linebacker at uh, at um, Alabama. So, I mean, you got some connections there from our side. You also got some connections, you know, from that '92 national championship team. If you think about it, with Lamassey Hall, and I know my man John Copeland is very excited to see. Lamashi Hall on the other side of the ball instead of being on the ball on the side of the ball with him. Kind of kind of a kind of a toss up for him, but I know he's gonna be rooting hard for the tide, even though, you know, he said he was a closet Auburn fan when he was younger. So, you know, I'm just calling him out on that too. Ha <laughs> ha. But getting back on track and I, as I digress a bit, you know, one of the other big things about about this game is the health of Shaq Lawson for Clemson. We all know he got hurt early in that game, didn't finish the game against uh, the Orange Bowl. With him not being in that front seven for for Clemson or him not being as healthy as he should be for this game, I wonder who's going to step up and be a part of that front seven for for Clemson and be that guy. I mean, Shaq Lawson brought a lot. He brings a lot to the table. I mean, 11 and a half sacks, uh, close to 20 tackles for loss. You know, he 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 has that, that it factor that you don't see. Alabama hasn't seen this year. You know, I – I know that we're talking a lot about Clemson right now because, yes, we are talking about Clemson right now. And, but you know, you have to you have to give the Clemson the respect that they that they have because they have they are a tough defense. They do have a tough defense. They got a great offense, very fluid offense. You know, Brett Venables has stepped in from Oklahoma and done an outstanding job with this defense. That was much maligned last year and the year before, 
even though they did win 11 games each each of those years. Now, you know, we get to we get to Alabama and we look at their X factors and one X factor is for me the play calling. Lane Kiffin did a masterful job last week in that 38 to nothing win over over Michigan State of throwing the ball on first down. I think the big key for Alabama is, is if you get give Jacob Coker confidence to throw the ball down the field, get guys like excuse me, get guys like Calvin Ridley a chance to play ball to play and do what he wants to do, use his speed to his advantage. You're starting to see what Alabama wants to do offensively. They wanna be a run first team, they wanna do a lot of play action. It's just a matter of getting the ball out of Jacob Coker's hands at times when he needs to throw the ball. You know, 25 or 30, almost 300 yards last week, you know, is basically what he's been doing the last five, six weeks. So this is this is a big game for him in that next level type of deal for him. If he wants to go to that next level – and be a free agent quarterback or be at that six, seven round quarterback that he strives to be. Um you look at the other the other X factor offensively for Alabama and you look at Derrick Henry and he didn't have the kind of rushing day that he that he's had in the last few the last few weeks. He did go over two thousand yards sure, but can he be really, really, really dominant against the front seven of Clemson? I think he can, but Clemson's very physical, and they do have physical corners that will come up and 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 hit hard on the run. They also got corners that can also cover those nice receivers that that Alabama has. You know, even though we're talking about Calvin, Calvin Ridley, we're not talking about – we haven't talked about – the other the other two receivers and we haven't talked about the tight end, but the tight end play is gonna be very, very important in this game. When you look at it from this perspective, that front seven of Alabama, they will get their hits on, on Deshaun Watson, no doubt about it. What what kind of we know what we know what you're gonna get from Alabama defensively. But what are you going to get from Alabama offensively? Will they be the Jack on high team that we saw against Ole Miss, where they couldn't get anything going, got bounces going going the opposite way from them? Or will we see that team that came out against against Mississippi State, against Michigan State, against LSU? Will we see that team? Will we see that team? That's that's the big question that I have. So Lane Kiffin's play calling, Jacob Coker having command of the offense, Derrick Henry running the ball, the offensive line blocking and doing what they do best, which is match people. This is the this is this is that like like I said, this is that game that you're gonna see what both teams are made of. 
because neither one of them, neither one of these teams have seen what the other does all day, all year. You know, this is probably going to be the first time that the Alabama has really seen the the quarterback draw or the zone read with the quarterback that runs it as well as Deshaun Watson. You probably haven't seen the speed of Deshaun Watson this year either. I mean, deceptive speed. So it's going to be very, 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 very exciting to watch from that standpoint. And myself, I'm going to be tuned in. I know you guys are going to be tuned in. I know <laughs> T-Rex is going to be tuned in. And, you know, one of the big, one of the the other questions is special teams. I mean, we all know that that Clemson has a ticker that could, that's pretty good. We all know that Alabama has a kicker that's pretty good. But sometimes, you know, both both guys have had off games. So what are you gonna get from your from your kicking game? They got great punters. J.K. Scott is a field is a field position changer. So is so is the punter from Clemson. So this game's gonna come down to a lot of field position. It'll come down to it's gonna come down to who will have the ball last. You know, a lot of people are saying that Alabama should blow them out of the water. A fool would think that Alabama's gonna blow Clemson out of the water. I mean, I think Colin Cowherd had it had it very, very, very true reasoning when he said that Alabama is a pedestrian and boring team to watch. I mean, of course they are. I mean, they match people all day long I and mean, they beat people to death. I mean, look at the recruits they bring in. Look at the look at the recruits they bring in. Look at the look at the roster that they have now. I mean, five stars everywhere. So what do you, what else can you say about Alabama that hadn't been said about Alabama before? They've got another quarterback coming in this this fall. I mean, but you know, we're in the present right now. Do I think that do I think Alabama will win this game? We'll talk about that in a little bit. But we're gonna take a quick station break. And when we come back, we're gonna talk more about this game. We're gonna break down the game some more. So stay tuned.
Welcome back to the Press Box and the Tailgate Crew. My name is Jermaine. Thanks for being a part of the show. And some big news before we even get back into the national championship talk. T. Will is back home, baby. Travis Williams, former former linebacker at Auburn, back home. You know, he's part. He's always been home, but he's a part. Of, he's a part of the coaching staff now. Uh, he was. He was a uh, defensive break, video breakdown coordinator for for Auburn as a graduate assistant. Now he's now he's back home. He's going to coach linebackers um, under Kevin Steele. Also, another big hire, um, another big hire defensively, Coach McGee, who's who's got a who's got a big time resume um, in the NFL. He's back. He he's coming to Auburn as as defense. As defensive coach, co-defense coordinator as well. Very excited about what we're going to see with Kevin Steele. With Kevin Steele and his and his defense, we all know what he did at Alabama. We all know what he what he's done at LSU and other stops that he's made along the way in the SEC. With the talent that that Auburn has, you know, I love what we're gonna. I love what we're gonna see. Out of these guys next year, we're going to see an aggressive, downhill, hard-hitting defense. We thought we were going to get that from Will Muschamp, but obviously Will Muschamp had other had a, had another agenda um, and wanted to get out of here. But I love Will Muschamp and 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 good luck to him at 
at South Carolina because he's gonna need it. Um, <laughs> it's just it's very exciting to see because now that you have you have what you have in your cupboard, your cupboard's not bare anymore. And one five star recruit has has even firmed his commitment to Auburn up by enrolling at Auburn and by enrolling in Auburn and being ready for class this week. So that that's a big time deal for for Auburn as well. Um and then the the Central Phoenix City star um cornerback has also come out and publicly said that he will that he will stay committed. But I'm not holding my breath on that. Um, until he actually that paperwork in, and signing day is less than three weeks away, guys. I mean, three weeks away, and it's so exciting to 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 know what's going to go on. I mean, you have people that's already enrolled in school. Um, you have guys who've already who already who've already had bowl practice with with their with their new school straight out of high school. So it's so I mean it's so exciting to to see what's gonna happen in the next few weeks and next few months, even the next few days. Um Jake Spavital is not back. He he's he's been let go at Texas A and M. The Texas A and M A D has has resigned effective immediately. So the big question is, is the writing on the wall? For Coach Kevin Summers, who's come out and said that he's angling himself for an NFL job, which is probably the most idiotic move that you can make when you're in the turmoil that you're in at Texas A&M, where you've lost two, two five-star quarterbacks, two elite eleven quarterbacks, as, as on top of that, one's enrolling at Houston. Kyle Allen's enrolling at Houston. Kyler Murray is doing some visits. Um, he's going to visit Auburn. He's going to visit, um, he's visiting Auburn, but he's also going to visit, um, Arizona, Arizona State, uh, Washington and Illinois, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so the future is in the air for Kyler Murray. The thing about Kyle Murray is, is that he also wants to play college baseball. So that's that, that's the other situation that you have with Kyler Murray is that he's wanting to play college baseball. And there was even some talk that he would even stay on at A&M and just play baseball. But he has withdrawn from school. So we do know that he is going to try to play football somewhere else. He does. He said he has stated that he wants to play quarterback at the college level. So, um, too bad for the Houston Astros who drafted him in, in the 13th round. Um, <laughs> you know, other news, Texas A&M also got a new quarterback as well. Um, former Oklahoma quarterback Trevor Knight has, has signed and he has enrolled at A&M and he will be available immediately. So, he's... <laughs> Kevin Sumlin has also said that he has anointed Trevor Knight as a starter uh, for 
for the Texas and the Maggies, even though Jake Kubinak did have a nightmare of a bowl game um, when you threw him in as a true freshman. Um, that's what you get from running off two great quarterbacks. That's another story for another day. Now, getting back into today's game, the FCS National Championship game, Jacksonville State, North Dakota State, it's the OVC versus the MVFC. The Missouri Valley Conference has won the last four national championships. North Dakota State has won the last four. Jacksonville State has been the team on the rise for the last three years. Eight wins, nine wins, and this year, 13 wins. The only loss coming to an FBS opponent that they should have won, actually. I mean, let's just be let's just be for real about this. They should have beat Auburn. They should have beat Auburn. They should be undefeated. But they come in as the, as the number one overall seed. They will be the home team in Frisco today against North Dakota State. North Dakota State was a three seed. And North Dakota State, they, they've they done it again. I mean, two losses, one in, one in conference to Northern Iowa and another I – mean, they lost to Northern Iowa for the second year in a row. And they lost to Montana in the opening game of the college football season at the Division One level. Um, the advantage that Missouri, the advantage that that Montana lost with a second round beatdown of Montana in the Fargo Dome. So you're starting, you're going to see some things from from North Dakota State. You're going to see the same kind of offense. That Alabama runs from North Dakota State. This is this is this is actually, if you look at this game in a nutshell, the exact same game that you're going to see Monday night is what you're going to see today at at noon. You're going to see a power running game. You're going to see play action pass. You're going to see a spread offense. You're going to see two great defenses play, and two great and two special teams guys who can kick the ball lights out and can change field positions quickly. You know, and I've been I've been asked I was asked by T Rex a couple of minutes ago and even a couple of days ago about this game. Do I think that this game could be better than the than the college football playoff national championship game? Yes and no. And the reason why I say yes is because you've got you've got a team that's going for a five peat. And you've got a team that's an upstart that's looking to shock the world and become a national champion, become a national champion for the first time in almost 30, in almost 40 years. Kind of like what you see in this college football playoff national championship game. Nope. I mean, you look at, look at the parallels here that we have here. You have one team with the most national championships. Well, the most claimed national championships on one side. You have the other team with the most won national championships in 13 in North Dakota State. And you look at the national championships that Jacksonville State has, which is two, Clemson, one. So you look at the parallels in these two games, 
and you look at the offenses that these two that these two teams run, and you look at the coaches that these two these coaches that these two teams that all four teams have. One's an offensive base, co- two of them are offensive base coaches. The other two are defensive base coaches, and they both come from great lineages of coaches. You know, Kleiman was Kleiman was was a defensive coordinator for two of those national championships. He's won two national championships since he since he's taken over. So let's let's well he's won he's won he he's been a part of all four. He's won one in his first year. This is his second year. You're twelve and two. You look at you look at Alabama. 13 and 1 16 and 15 national championships. I mean, this is this these two games have parallels unlike any other any other two two division teams that I've have ever seen. And I think that I don't want to say that Jacksonville State will lose this game. But I think Jacksonville State has a better chance of winning this game because the moment hasn't gotten too big for them. North Dakota State can win this game because they've been there before. They've got two proven quarterbacks that if you look at it from this way, Carson Wentz, who I don't know if he's going to play play today. He didn't play uh, – he didn't play in any other playoff games previous. Um so I mean you you've got two you got two good quarterbacks for North Dakota State. You got a great quarterback at at Jacksonville State, man. That kid is a baller. I mean, he's a baller. I mean, he's he's a real deal. And you have a running back who who's a real deal. You got three receivers for Jacksonville State. That are that are legit. They're legit. They they are legit. I mean, guys that could they could get drafted. I love the kid Lopez from from Jacksonville State. I mean, he catches anything that you throw at him. I mean, he's he's kind of like a he's kind of like a poor man's Odell Beckham. You know, with North Dakota State, you don't hear much about about what they can do offensively. You don't hear about you don't hear about individual players because they play as a team. You know, there's there's about seventy, there's about a hundred and five kids on that team that could probably play anywhere, and but they choose to come to North Dakota State. I mean, North Dakota State is actually out recruiting Wisconsin and getting talent out of the state of Wisconsin, and for an FCS school to do that to an FBS school or any FBS school, any FCS school to do that. That is amazing. I mean, North Dakota State is starting to become the new app or the new marshal of the FCS, where back in the day, you either wanted to go to app, you wanted to go to Marshall, you wanted to go to Boise, you wanted to go to Montana. I mean, those are the schools you wanted to go to if you were if you were in if you wanted to go to a Division One AA school or an FCS school, whatever you want to call it now. Those were the schools you wanted to go to because those are the schools that legit had people that could, you know, they they would win national championships every year at that level, along with Georgia Southern. 
so when you look at when you look at it from this perspective, North Dakota State has the pedigree. Jacksonville State has the hunger. So can Jacksonville State bring one home for the state of Alabama and for the Southeast region again? Ah. I don't want to pick against them because this this, this is truly a pick em game. I mean, Jacksonville State's been number one the whole year. And North Dakota State has been in that top five, top ten the entire season. Whereas Jacksonville State's been number one since week two of the FCSC. So it's, it's really... It's really a situation of where can Jacksonville State get the stops on North Dakota State, and can North Dakota State play that play that vaunted great defense that they normally play? I'm gonna say yes on both parts because North Dakota State will put up points. North Dakota State will get stops. Jacksonville State will always put up points. I mean, they average almost 50 points a game and almost 600 yards total offense a game. So you put it like that, I mean, when you put it in those terms, this is going to be a bad matchup, boy. It's going to be a bad matchup. This is going to be one of the best matchups. And you look at it this way and go back to this question, to the question that was asked me earlier, which game is going to be better? It's a toss-up. It's a real toss-up. But if I had to pick this game, and I will pick this game, like I will pick um, the Alabama-Clemson game, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, wow. Um, I want to say Jacksonville State in the upset. Uh, I think Jacksonville State couldn't win this game by, by a field goal. But I actually, in this case, I like North Dakota State to win their fifth straight championship. Um, I think this game is going to be like a 28-20 game or a 28-21 game. It could be a higher scoring game than that. It's going to be a touchdown game, more or less. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say uh, North Dakota State by a touchdown. Um, moving on, and we're <laughs> let's getting back to getting back to to that FCS championship, F, the F, to the college football playoff national championship game. There's so many alphabets going on in in these two games. You can't keep them straight. But um, getting back to this game, let's let's do the breakdown of the quarterbacks here. Deshaun Watson, 31 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Jacob Coker. Um, close to 20 touchdowns, less than 10 interceptions. We know what we know what Clemson's gonna do. You know, um, you know Deshaun Watson's got over 800 yards uh, rushing, uh, close to a thousand. I, I should think. Um, I know that he had uh, 3,000 yards. He's one of the first quarterbacks to have 3,000 yards passing, 800 yards rushing, and 30 touchdowns passing in the season. So. When you look at it from that perspective, you know, the only other person that's done that in 
in college football won a national championship. And <laughs> and he kind of looks like him too. He kind of he kind of plays like him too. I mean, what's that guy's name? He's a uh, he's a uh, I can't even think of his name. He's a uh, they call him Superman. He's always dabbing all the time. That that dabbing guy. Uh, oh, I got uh, Cameron Cameron Newton. You know from uh, Westlake of Atlanta, Westlake High School of Atlanta, Auburn Tiger, War Eagle. Um, that guy. So, when you look at it from that perspective, and you look at what he's done, run up for the Heisman, and you look at look at Jacob Coker and what he's done over over a process of four years that Deshaun Washington's done in a little over two years. I mean, who would you give the edge to? I would give the edge to. I would give the average Clemson on this. Running backs. Wayne Gallman, Derek Henry, those are the two show those are the two showpiece backs for, for both teams. Who has the advantage in this? You kinda have to give it to the guy who won the Heisman Trophy. So, I mean, Derrick Henry, uh what, twenty 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 seventy six now, twenty seventy nine. Now on the year, but thirty touchdowns. If I'm not mistaken, four hundred yards receiving out of the backfield. You kind of have to give it to him on, in that in that regard because he is the Heisman Trophy winner. So you got to give that advantage to Clint, to to Alabama. Even though I think that that the running back play is actually a toss up. Um, you know, receivers. You know, Clemson lost one receiver week one to a neck injury, but you've had two receivers that can. You had two receivers step up and be that go-to guy for them. You got one receiver that that's been that's been just lights out all year, over a thousand yards, and the other two are close to a thousand yards. You got a tight end who's. Close to 800 yards receiving. So when you look at it from that perspective, you know who's got who's got the the upper hand. That's a toss up. You, know, you look at Calvin Ridley and what he's done on on the Alabama side of the ball, and you look at you look at the collection what of what Clemson has. And you look at the collection of what Alabama has. You've got guys who could start for anybody on any given Saturday for each team. That's a toss-up. The DBs. <laughs> Alabama has a collection of young DBs. Clemson has a collection of young DBs, but one DB stands up above all the DBs uh, for both teams, and that's Mackenzie Alexander. Mackenzie Alexander, if you if you recognize that, that last name, He's the twin brother of former Auburn DB McEnroe Alexander, and Mackenzie Alexander is the guy that everybody wanted. His little brother was—I mean, his twin was the guy that everybody didn't want. And when you look at it from that perspective, you kind of see why, because. 
Mackenzie Alexander is a shutdown corner. I mean, if you go back and you look at some of the tapes that he's had, and you see how he does it. He's got a little swag to him, but he's quiet. He's unassuming. He just he just goes out and does what everybody asks him to do. You look at the youth of of the, the corners and DBs for Alabama, and they got exposed. They they got exposed a couple games. That front seven actually took over for them. So it actually, it actually helped them out in a way. But <laughs> with that being said, I would give the, the advantage of the DBs to Clemson. You got three veteran DBs. You got two safeties that are going to that that will play in the NFL. McKenzie Alexander is going to play in the NFL. No, uh, he's only he's only a, he's only a redshirt sophomore. I mean, he could announce this week to come out. You know, there's been some speculation that it will come out. I mean, so you got. I mean, I'm gonna give the check the check to to Clemson on that kicking game. The X factor in the kicking game is for both teams is is J.K. Scott because J.K. Scott's been in the top ten um, in punt average. He's also changed field position. I mean, he can deaden the ball inside the twenty. I mean, he's done it over thirty times this year. Adam Griffin, uh, Adam Griffin, for you no know, kicker for uh, Alabama. Well, he's he's twenty seven of of thirty six or something like that field goals for the season. You know, he's missed nine field goals. He's missed three extra points. But he's been on the hot streak here lately. And if he continues to stay hot, wow. And Clemson can't put points on the board. You're going to see a game like you saw um, with Alabama LSU. I mean, you could see a shutout if Clemson don't doesn't get on the board. Um, I mean, and that goes both ways. So, you know, you have to give you have to give the nod to to Alabama on on that in the special teams, and, and as well you have you have returners who for you have returners for both teams that that are X factors as well. But Alabama has what five six return touchdowns this year. Christian Jones got four, I know, and the other and the other and the other uh, returner has two has has two kickoff returns, if I'm not mistaken, this year. So, I mean, it, it's pretty much pick your poison with Alabama. It's pretty much pick your poison with 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 Clemson Clemson as well. I just I I, I love the matchup. I really do love the matchup and. It's one of those matchups that that was bound to happen. It's bound to happen, and you're starting to see see it come to fruition. The front seven. Who who has the advantage in the front seven? I mean, you got veterans all over the field. Ruben Foster. No. To your starter. I mean, Georgia guy. You no, know, born in Roanoke, grew up in Lagrange, 
went to high school at Troop High School, my my old high school, graduated from Auburn High School. You know, that's another that's another uh, Alabama connection, Georgia Alabama connection. You know, if you want to think about it, in that regards, this 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 game has so many intangibles in it that you should, I mean. Again, we go back. We go back to the question that was asked me earlier. Which game is better? Which game is going to be better? The college football playoff national championship game or the FCS national championship game? There's so many intangibles in both games that, that, that I mean, like, like I said, that both games parallel each other, and you're going to see great games from from both teams, from from all four teams. But if I had to pick this game. Which I'm going to pick this game. As a fan, I would love to see Clemson win this game because I don't I mean I hate Alabama. I really do. And I know that there's some people in this in this building, in this house, and in the studio that would echo my sentiments. There's also some people that will echo the opposite, like Young Johnny, who who thinks who thinks Alabama is probably the best school ever. I mean, T Rex is probably gonna go to Alabama because he's got that whole. You didn't go to the school in Tuscaloosa, so it don't matter. So I mean, come on, man. Come on, man. I mean, Young Johnny, just because you wrote a song called I'm So Alabama, I mean, that don't mean nothing, man. That don't mean nothing to me. I mean, as a fan, it don't mean nothing. You know, as a, as a, as a fan of good music, I mean, at least you ain't speaking nothing negative. Well, or, I mean, you are, but, you know, you're not speaking anything negative. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I would love for you to call in. But you probably call in at at midnight instead of at eleven a.m. <laughs> like like normal, you know, like any other person would. You know, you're probably calling in later, later. You know, so I I, I just I I don't know. I'm I'm really excited to talk about this game because. And 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 to give you my my prediction on this game, I think Alabama will win this game. Yes, I do think Alabama will win this game. Everybody's giving Alabama three points, which is probably the most accurate the most accurate prediction I've heard, or the most accurate point spread I've heard. I'm going to go with Alabama in a low-scoring game, 23-20. to 20. But don't be surprised if Clemson flips that score around. Do not be surprised if Clemson flips that score around. I mean, I just think that in the collection of, in the collection of players, Alabama has a better collection of players than than Clemson does. Even though I love Deshaun Watson, I've known the kid since he was in seventh grade. 
I really, 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 really would love to see Clemson win. I would love to see Deshaun Watson win. You know, but I just, I just think that Alabama's just they're too big up front. That they're, they're, they're strong up front. They're strong, you know, offensively, defensively, special teams wise. They're just a complete team, and I, I just, I, I would just go with with Alabama for that reason. I mean, I know Wendy's, I know. Wendy and Cordier and everybody else, you know, they they all excited about this. But, you know, don't be surprised if Clemson shots the world. Just don't be surprised. I wouldn't. But with that, we're going to take a quick station break. We'll be right back. Young Johnny, I'm playing your song, so stay tuned.
Welcome back to the Press Box and Tailgate Crew. My name is Jermaine, and thanks for being a part of the show. Now, now that we've gotten through the college football playoff predictions and the FCS predictions and everything, let's get to to the real matter at hand right now. It's January. It's wild card weekend around the NFL and we haven't talked about the NFL much this year because, well, we try to pack the show into high school football and college football, for, you know, for the most part. But wild card weekend is pretty pretty fun. And, you know, the thing about wild card weekend is that it it brings out the best in, in everybody just about. And I, <laughs> I actually like the wild card playoffs this year. Uh, unlike last year, you know, would there be some upsets? I think there could be some big upsets. Uh, to be honest with you, I think that when you look at what what's happened in the last couple of weeks, I mean, the Legion of Boom has finally awoken and, and risen from the dead, so to speak, and Russell Wilson has Russell Wilson has Oh yeah. We out here. Oh yeah. One mile, one mile, get him up, up. Oh yeah, CMG, 2 a.m. crew, what's good? Ben Nation, I see y'all. New York, we out here doing our thing, it just don't stop, right? Not for us. Uh. Everything I've been chasing after Me and Kyle hit the sky like we was falling backwards Went from killing time and climbing down the ladder To coming up with that real, that's my natural hazard Word, we those young men with those sharp minds Going all in, it's no part time And we taking that cause it's our time Same drive with that new gas And that's old school, just new class Cameras out like news flash And we hit the sky with that new cash Words. And I've been running for days Ever since I broke up out of the cage Been up and away like par fives We drive them insane And I leave no trace on the place I fade away till I made a way clean Got the whole world on the case But no matter what you won't stop my team I'm moving through the city Busy riding deep Getting stronger by the day They weaker by the week Competition gets outworked So it works out fine And every single minute we in it We break limits from 10 miles out You can see us shine What's good?
reflection, trying to manifest these blessings. Told them live it to the max, so I ain't never feeling less than these haters trying to question, will he make it? Is he destined? I told you I'm the truth, a living walking confession. I ain't lying, I ain't boasting, I'm just striving, I'm just hoping that I'll find an opportunity and that a door will open so I never pay attention when they tell me that I'm chosen, cause I know I'm far from famous, even though they know I'm blowing up. Took a while, but they know it's cow. When I'm rolling up, people doubt, always ask me how, but I'm sure enough that I'll be the greatest that my town has ever seen. Be the one to pick them up when they're down like a towing truck. Working, yeah, I'm working, put my team on, that's for certain. I swear that's the naked truth, hiding behind those shower curtains. I managed to keep it clean, making music without cursing. Now I'm entering the system, watch me do it like a surgeon, that's for certain. Welcome back to the Press Box and the Tailgate Crew. My name is Jermaine. Thanks for being a part of the show. Had a little bit of technical difficulty there, but seems everything to be back on track now. So we're going to, we, we were talking about Wild Card Weekend and talking about some of the matchups that we have today, you know, and tomorrow and how it's going to pan out and how it's going to play out. There's a lot of room for upsets. There's a lot of room for upsets next week. So, you know, let's go through the wild card schedule, today's games. I mean <laughs> I mean, you look at you look at people who are hot right now, you know, Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh is has gotten back on track. Um Roethlisberger is healthy now. You know, they don't have Denzel Williams right now, but They've got some. They've got some great players on that team. Some older guys. I mean, it's a fun. It's gonna be a fun game to watch. The Bengals. The Bengals. You know, losing the Red Rifle to a thumb injury. Got the cast off. He's not going to play this week. Um, if he if he comes back next week, that that would be a, a, a even bigger surprise to me. But Cincinnati, Pittsburgh. I mean, Cincinnati has been in in, in that in that first round by picture the entire season, and Cincinnati with AJ McCarron at the helm, you start you, you see what the future holds for for the Bengals. You're starting to you you see that, and the Bengals come in with the longest losing streak. Um, one of the NFL's longest losing streaks in the playoffs, but the question the question of it is, is that can AJ McCarron and Giovanni Bernard 
that that good defense that they have, good not great defense that they have. Can they stop Antonio Brown and the Steelers passing game? Can they stop can they stop the running game? You know, you know, who's who's going to get the ball for for Pittsburgh? Fitzgerald Toussaint is going to start, and this is a guy who has like twenty nine rushes, fifty four yards, and no touchdowns in nine ten games. You know, he's undrafted free agent from Michigan. Uh, one of the one of the all time leading rushers at Michigan Michigan's history, Michigan's stored history. So I mean, I I like I love the matchup here. Cincinnati Cincinnati has it has a home field advantage in this game, but has that stopped Pittsburgh before going on the road being road warriors? Not really, because the last time Pittsburgh was a six seed. They won the Super Bowl as a six seed. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, the 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 object of being a road warrior it has no bearing on on the Steelers. To be honest with you, and you look at it from this standpoint, the Steelers they're hot right now. So is. And we just got some breaking news. According to Bleacher Report, um, before we before we even go any further in the playoffs, in the playoffs, um, there's been a report that Adam Gase has taken the job at Miami. Uh, the Bears' offensive coordinator, he's taking the job at Miami. So stay tuned on that. Um, this is some breaking news. Um, he has he has taken the offer. We knew that he was that he had interviewed yesterday, but the formal offer was made yesterday. And as of what two hours ago, is that what that said? Two hours ago, he one hour ago, he um he took the job. He he is taking the job at at Miami. Um, so that that seems to be one job off the market. Um. Also, another thing that I that I just that, that I saw um, on that Bleacher Report thing that you just showed me, T Rex, was uh, Coughlin uh, interviewing for the Eagles job on Monday. Okay, so yeah, Tom Coughlin um, interviewing for the Eagles. Um, ben McAdoo is um, interviewing for. Uh, for Tampa Bay on Monday as well, as well as Brian Kelly. So there's a lot of there's a lot of shake shakeups going on right now, and I wouldn't be surprised if there would be some shakeups in, in these in these playoff teams as well um, at the end of the season as well. Um, so that was some breaking news for you guys. So, um, but getting back into into the wild card playoff tradition, Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean. They're they're not accustomed to being they're, they're accustomed to being the underdog six seed, you know they won they've won the Super Bowl by being a six seed. AJ McCann, he's led he's led the the um the Bengals to a two and one record since he's taken over at quarterback, and he's the first Alabama quarterback to get a win as a 
as a starter, as a starter in, in the National Football League. So big ups to big ups to to AJ McCann, who's married to an Auburn to an Auburn alum as well. So you know, and also congratulations to you guys because I know that you're gonna have a new Auburn baby uh, come in because. We do know that she is having a boy, so she he's gonna be an Auburn fan as well. Uh, he's not gonna be like dad and play for Alabama. He's gonna play for Auburn. But that's me on the point. And um, getting back on getting back on on track as I digress yet again. Um, you know that's a that's a fifteen game on CBS. Um, Pittsburgh Cincinnati. This game, like I said, is it's got all the intangibles of being uh, the ultimate soap opera. Um, <clears throat> I actually like this game. I I like this game better than I do <laughs> than I do any of the other games, simply because two rivals from the same division don't like each other for real. You know, Cincinnati's the upstart, pretty much. Been on that cusp of being a great team with Carson Palmer and Chad Johnson. Now. Andy Dalton's come in and he's had AJ Green to throw to and and um and other and other cast of cast of targets there as well as Giovanni Bernard out of the backfield. So, you know, you're starting to see Cincinnati come to fruition as being as being that elite team. Cincinnati's always I mean Pittsburgh always 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 gonna be an elite team. That that's just that's just the way that that makeup is. They're the only team that has six Super Bowls. So, you know, and another thing, you know, you look at you look at this game, and do I think that Cincinnati will win this game? Of course, I think that Cincinnati can win this game. Will I pick against Cincinnati? No, I won't pick against Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati has the has the defense to. <laughs> To win this game, I think that Cincinnati has has the firepower to win this game, but the play calling has to be at a minimum. It has to be better for these guys. You know, they're the best. I mean, they're they're three seed who should be who should have been a two seed or a one seed. That's just that's just the way that that works out. I mean, that's just the way it should have worked. But you know, you had Denver sneak in. You had you know, you you know, you had New England as status quo. So it it really just really I really think that Pitch that Cincinnati should win this game. Matter of fact they went one and one against Pittsburgh early you know, in the se- during the season. So I I like Cincinnati by by a touchdown in this game. Now we look at the four twenty game Hence the reason why the FCS national championship game was moved to to noon this year, as opposed to being in the customary four o'clock time slot. Um, Kansas City, the hottest team in in the league. I mean, ten straight wins to to finish the season um, against the AFC South champion um, Houston Texans. You know. This is this is probably going to be 
of all the games of Wild Card Weekend, you look at you look at what what Kansas City has lost this year. They they lost Jamal Charles early in the season um, to an injury at in St. Louis, where the idiots in St. Louis at the at the Edwin Jones Dome, you know, you've got a concrete slab close to the benches instead of having the 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 turf extend all the way to the bleachers. Um, I think that's a bad thing. That was a bad thing, and it's cost three guys some time on on the sidelines. Jamal Charles being one, Reggie Bush being another, and Reggie Bush gonna get his money because he, you know, he he sued there with Jones Dome for fifty thousand um, dollars because of the incident that where he blew out his knee sliding on sliding on the on the asphalt on that concrete there. So um, Jamal. Charles did the same. So, you know, it, it, it's it's one of those things where, you know, with the guys that they've that they've that they've brought in to to solidify the running game, Spencer Ware, Kendrick West, I mean <laughs> Andy Reid has done a masterful job of getting guys around Alex Smith. And we knew what Alex Smith was when he came out of Utah. We knew he had a noodle arm. We knew that he could make the throws. They weren't going to get there until tomorrow, but he would make the throws that you needed and keep you in the games. You put the running game with him to complement him, and you have a great team. You got great, you got great defense. Justin Houston, I mean those guys up front, they they run things. Tomba Ali, Tomba Ali. I mean, when you think about Tomba Ali, Tomba Ali is only twenty nine years old, and he came into the league as a as a nineteen year old. <laughs> I mean, I mean nine years, ten. This is his tenth year in the league, and. You know, he's only 28, and he's only scratching the surface of what he could be as a, as a, a professional athlete. He's not even in, he's not even in his prime yet. So, I mean, and the Chiefs are 11 and five. I mean, and and they finished second in the West. I mean, you lose late in the season. You, I mean, you, you had a 10 game win. You had a, you had a, you know, you win 10 straight games and. You come within a point or a or a Peyton Manning touchdown of winning the division with an eleven and five record and getting and getting a first round by. I mean, you you come that close, but yet you're so far away, and now you're the now you're the five seed, and you're playing the Houston Texans at NRG. With J.J. Watt, who led the league again in sacks with 17 and a half. You know, the Texans, I mean, again, Bill O'Brien. What else can you say about Bill O'Brien that hadn't been said about Bill O'Brien before? The, the, The man can coach. The man can coach. I mean, anytime you... 
you basically play you were at Penn State, you basically play with the same amount of scholarships as a division as as a division one double A school would have. Seventy one scholarships. You basically have seventy one people that you can carry on the seventy the fifty people that you can carry on a plane to a game. And you have a sixteen and ten record with guys with seventy one scholarships. Seventy one scholarship players. And you come to Houston and you don't do so hot the first year. You you kinda climb you kinda climb into it the second year, kinda fall off the third year. This year you're nine and seven. You win you win the AFC South almost by default, I mean in a sense, because the Colts were hurt. Jacksonville is awful. And I mean, and the other team in that division is the ownership is the ownership of the Titans is, is so jumbled up and so bad there. You know, you don't know whether they're going to sell the team the next week or move them to Alaska the 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 week after. I mean, so you pretty much won the AFC South by default. I mean, you look at you look at the worst divisions in 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 the NFL, and you would make the SEC West the seventh the the eighth best division in in pro football because even though you got college teams coming in that would those those teams would probably be better than than the than the teams that you have in the AFC South that that that's how bad the AFC South is you couldn't even play them against college teams you just couldn't but somehow i like Houston because they have a their redemption project if you think about it because Let's look at it this way. You play four quarterbacks. You lose your starter. You lose another starter. You get him back, and you lose him again. Then you get another starter back. He tears his ACL. You bring in, you bring in a guy who went to Dallas and gave Dallas a better chance to win the game, but they didn't. They didn't put the put the keys. To the to the car, give him the keys to the car, so you release him, and he basically makes you like an idiot because he brings the in-state rival into the playoffs, and you're looking stupid going four and twelve. Um, so Bill O'Brien's done a masterful job playing four different quarterbacks. Now you got Brian Hoyer back, who is healthy, but. Will he stay healthy throughout this game? That's that's the bigger question because of the pass rush that that the Chiefs will will bring. Hard to say, very hard to say. But I will say this: two running backs is always better than one. So three good receivers are always better than one. Yeah, Jeremy Macklin, you got. I mean, you got Jeremy Macklin, and you you have. I mean, 
you have a tight end who can catch in Mayoki who, who can catch anything. So when you look at it from that perspective, who's gonna win this game? This game is gonna come down to to wheels, wheels. Let, let, let's just put it that way. It's gonna come down to a test of wheels. Who's got the better wheel? Who's got the hotter streak right now? Any team that goes one and five and then reels off ten straight wins, that's the winner in my book because you know that if they're like a phoenix coming out of the ashes, what are you what are you gonna get? What are you gonna get? You're gonna get a team that's gonna fight for you day in, day out. That's what the Chiefs are gonna do. Chiefs are gonna win this game. Can can Houston win the game? Of course. But they gotta stop they gotta stop the run. And they they they're not built to stop the run. You have Brian Cushing who likes to drop back in the cover two and and, and, and lollygag around. I wanna see him hit somebody. I wanna see somebody hit somebody. I mean, is it is it that hard to ask? I mean, I don't, I don't think it is. So, I mean, I, I like the Chiefs in this game. I like the Chiefs by, by, no, by a couple touchdowns. Maybe, maybe one, one, two touchdowns. I mean, that's just the way that goes. I mean, then the Saturday games is the Saturday games are even better. The Sunday games even better than the Saturday games. You know, I don't know why you, why you made the Saturday. The Saturday games, the AFC showcase, the showpiece games, where you got both AFC uh, playoff games, wild card games on Saturday, and why you have both NFC playoff games on Sunday. I mean, for me, it makes sense because you have the two best games on Sunday Seattle, Minnesota. I mean, you you're gonna be playing outdoors in Minnesota for the first time in January in a very long time. And I'm gonna give the advantage to Minnesota because you have no Marshawn Lynch. Russell Wilson is is starting to become Russell Wilson again. Well, Legion of Boom is starting to become the Legion of Boom again. Teddy Bridgewater is Teddy Bridgewater. The receivers are going to catch the balls. The defense is going to come out from Minnesota. I mean, this is this is going to be one of those one of those games where it's going to be a smash mouth game. I give the advantage to Minnesota simply because it's in the frigid weather. It's going to be minus two degrees in Minneapolis. In the mini apple. <laughs> Seattle's never played in anything under 10 degrees. Never. Russell Wilson has the advantage in this game because he has big hands. So that means he can handle that frozen ball better than Teddy Bridgewater will ever handle the ball. Terry Bridgewater has the smallest hands of any quarterback in the, in the NFL. Hence the reason why he wears the gloves that he wears. 
it's going to be very interesting to see what Minnesota does offensively. Will they run the ball against? Will they run the ball all day against? Will they run the ball all day against? Against Seattle? I think not. Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, Richard Sherman. Those three guys can will come up and they will hit you in the mouth in the run game. Can they can they physically stop Adrian Peterson all day long? I don't think they can. But I do think that if you give Russell Wilson some time, you give guys in that backfield some time to get themselves together, so to speak, then you're going to see exactly what Seattle's all about. Because you're going to see Russell get the ball downfield. I'm sorry. Should I call him Sierra Wilson? I mean, should I call him that? Or, I mean, since, you know, they they are a couple, I mean, like, how would you even do a do a paradigm of that? Is that Riera? Yeah, Riera. No, 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 no. Russiera? No? I don't know. Anyway, I digress again. But, I mean, it... It behooves me to think that anybody would pick against Minnesota because would pick Minnesota over Seattle in this situation. Seattle can make it back to to the Super Bowl for thirty years, but unlike the Bills of the nineties, they've actually won a championship. No slight to the to the Bills teams of the nineties was uh, no slight to those guys, but it just seems like. Seattle has the better pedigree to me. I mean, we know that Minnesota did some great things in the offseason, bringing in some some key guys. But now we're going to see what what Minnesota is really made of. I mean, because that coaching staff at Minnesota, at Minnesota they should get – I mean, you should. I mean, I am a Bears fan, but I am I, I am supremely proud of the job that that Minnesota's done, winning the NFC North, sweeping the. I mean, they won both games against Green Bay this season, if I'm not mistaken, if if I'm correct. If I'm not mistaken, Minnesota won both games against Green Bay. If I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, so you you know what Minnesota can do. I mean, they came to Atlanta, gave Atlanta their first loss. <laughs> I mean, they went to Carolina, gave Carolina fits, and ended up losing that game. So, What makes you think that Seattle won't get those same fits? It'd be hard to pick against against Minnesota. It really would. It really would. 
But Bruce Irwin and those guys, Bruce Irvin and 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 those guys up up there, man. I I love Pete Carroll. I I do. And do I wish that he that he would be one of those guys come back to college football? Absolutely, absolutely. But he got a good thing going in, in in Seattle. He really does. So I, I can't see myself picking against Seattle. I can't. But I can see myself picking Minnesota though in this game. I I don't know why, but I do. So I mean, and Minnesota's the home team. And they play in the Big Ten Stadium. So why not why not pick pick Minnesota? Or why do pick Minnesota? Like I said, you'd be a fool not to pick Minnesota, but you'll be a fool not to pick Seattle. But I'm gonna be a fool and I'm gonna pick Seattle. Now I'm gonna pick Seattle to win by two touchdowns simply because they have the pedigree to win a playoff game. They've done it before and they'll do it again. <clears throat> and then we come to Green Bay and and and, and Washington. <laughs> what can you possibly say about the NFC East that hadn't been said about the NFC East before? Dallas, Philadelphia, Washington, and the Giants. By far, the four most expensive franchises in all the NFL. By far. But collectively, you can't even get a team... At least two games over 500. But you can get a team into the playoffs and possibly pull an upset. Kirk Cousins is making is making Russell Wilson look like a real bust right now. Let me take that back. Let me let me rephrase what I just said. Kirk Cousins is making RG three look like a real bust right now because you pick Kirk Cousins and you pick. RG3 in the same playoffs, in the same draft. Not the same playoffs, the same draft. You make a coaching change from, from Joe Gibbs to, to Jay Gruden. Jay Gruden likes likes Kirk Cousins a little bit better than he does Russell Wilson. So you put Russell Wilson out to be your guinea pig and he gets hurt, and then he gets knocked out, and then you don't give him – then you don't let him compete for the starting position. You anoint Kirk Cousins as your quarterback. Not a smart move, but if you look at it in retrospect now, and you look at what he's done over the course of the season, well played, son, well played. This is the upset special of the week for me because Green Bay is not the Green Bay of of old. Eddie Lacy is not the Eddie Lacy that you saw the first couple of years that he's been 
He's been in the league. Aaron Rodgers isn't the Aaron Rodgers of, of, of yesteryear. I mean, I think he. I mean, I think he's got. I mean, I think he's got Olivia Munn on his on his mind a little bit too much. I mean, that's just my opinion. But you look at it from this perspective. You look at Kirk Cousins. He's hungry. You look at. You look at the guy. You look at the guys that are on that roster, Arakpo, and Garcon, and I mean Deshaun. You look at you look at the mistakes they made over the season. I mean, you almost lose the division. By losing to Dallas, but you win a division by beating Dallas down. That further lets me know that a Deshaun Jackson should have should have just sat his butt down before he fumbled the ball, trying to be too cute with the ball. Two that that further lets me know that Jay Gruden is not just an arena football coach or an arena football quarterback. He's actually a pretty good, he's really a pretty dang good coach. With the four, with the four vision to see that Kirk Cousins is, is is your guy, and it also gives you a look into the future as to what Texas team is going to take a take a chance on RG three when they release him after they after they lose in the in the division in the divisional playoffs. All those questions are going to be asked next week because I because Washington's moving on next week to next week. I, I really believe that, and the reason why I believe that is because, like I said, Green Bay is not the Green Bay of old. Clay Matthews is playing inside linebacker now. He's not playing outside linebacker. He's not getting he's not getting the getting the pressure that he normally gets on on the quarterback. You know. You're not seeing the intensity that you normally see from a Green Bay defense. You're not seeing the. You're not seeing Mike McCarthy be Mike McCarthy. You're not seeing him being that offensive genius that everybody talks about him being. Excuse me. All around around the league, you're not seeing that. But what you are seeing is a team who's. I don't want to say they're on the decline, but I I, I want to say that they're they're plateauing. They finally hit that plateau where they're not going to get any better. Letting Greg Jennings go was your downfall. Jordy Nelson being hurt, you know, is your excuse. Randall Cobb playing running back, that's your other excuse. I mean, you you got so many excuses. I mean, I'm wondering if I should, like, play, play the world's smallest violin for you. I mean, that that that's just my thoughts. Those, those are my thoughts. I don't like Green Bay. I, I, I've never liked Green Bay. I, even even when when Don Mikowski was quarterback at Green Bay, I never liked Green Bay. Even when Jim McMahon left the Bears to go to Green Bay after he did that little stint in, in San Diego, Mike Tomczak went to Green Bay. Never liked them. 
And what makes you think I'm gonna pick the Packers now? I don't even like. I, I don't even. I mean, I don't even eat cheese from Wisconsin. I eat cheese from California. That's that's how bad I don't like Wisconsin. I don't like Green Bay. Washington will win this game because Washington they they they're hungrier. They've got they've got guys with pedigree. Guys with, with, with Super Bowl rings. They've got game breakers. Can it happen? Sure, it'll happen. Can Green Bay win this game too? Sure, they can win this game. But I'm going to go with Washington by a field goal because I think Washington has a better field goal kicker than anybody else. Dustin Hopkins. That's just my thoughts on it. But before I get out of here, you know, I want to make I want to make light of, of a couple of things. Um, the Glazer family, uh, you know, you own Manchester United, you own the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you and Joel Glazer, who's the chairman of both of both clubs. Let me let me be let me be perfectly frank with you. I'm I am. I am the biggest Manchester United fan this side of the Chattahoochee River. And both managers, both the the coaches for both Tampa Bay and Man United are in battle. They're under fire. But I will say this. I will say this, and I think that anybody who is a real pro football fan, a real NFL fan, will will agree with me. You fired the wrong coach. You already had no stability when you sent. You haven't had any stability since John Gruden left. You fire Lovey Smith, but you keep Louis Van Call. What are you thinking? Lovey Smith is taking over a rebuilding project. He knew what it was when he when he got there. So what are you gonna do now? Are you gonna go get Dennis Green from the doldrums of the underground? Are you gonna go try to get you going to try to go get Kelly, the former Eagles coach? Are you going to try to get Ben McAdoo? Are you going to try to – I mean, what? What? Do you, my question is, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? And I'm not saying this because Lovey Smith put in great work with the Bears. I'm putting it I'm putting it out there because this is a dumb decision made by a guy who thinks he's he's Steinbrenner. And your last name's Glazer. Maybe you should have let your brother Avram do the day to day operations and maybe you should just step back to the back because you you've made the simp the, the single dumb I've ever heard. 
by firing Lovey Smith. He had the team going in the right direction. Because you're disappointed, you let him go. Well, I'm disappointed in you because you still have Louie around when Jose's out there. Or when Ryan Giggs should be should be manager. That's my rant for the day. I'm going to wrap this up by saying thank you to everybody who's listening. Thank you to T-Rex. Check him out. Live by Tanner show on Tuesday. Big announcement. You'll hear about it. My man, DJ EA. My admin, Wendy. And my family. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Let's go tailgating.